0: Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Beloveds, after 175 episodes of Ghost of a Podcast, we have a first. And that first is a rebroadcasting of an episode published in April of 2019. It's a little how the sausage is made and I hope you enjoy it. This week, I've got a roundup of a bunch of really great questions and I'm just gonna give you a bunch of really great answers. So I'm gonna start off with a question today. Someone wrote in to say, I just looked at the compatibility part of an astrology app with someone I've recently started dating. It was mostly positive, but said mood and emotions were incompatible or challenging. I can't stop focusing on this. His moon is in Sagittarius, same as my last partner, a relationship which ended badly. How can I bring myself to do what feels right about our connecting and to stop using this as a focal point of my fears and getting hurt? What a great question. I have so many answers. This, The first thing I'm going to say is this. What are you doing looking at compatibility with someone you just started dating? My friends, don't do it. When you are looking at astrology apps that give you interpretations... What you're doing is you're looking at an app that someone created and hired a bunch of writers, or maybe they use AI, depending on what kind of app you're using, to give you interpretations. Now, these interpretations are based on lots of details. There's no way that an app is going to synthesize compatibility. And when we're looking at compatibility, it is all about the synthesis. When you seek to find out the compatibility with someone and you don't even know their middle name yet, what are you doing? guys, what are you doing? This is a really important lesson to learn. When you're getting to know someone, you are not safer when you know what's going to happen next. And spoiler alert, you can't know what's going to happen next. So when you started looking for answers, you were only looking for positive answers, right? And then when you got a negative answer, you felt terrible. So Lesson one, do not look at the compatibility between you and someone else when you are starting to date them because it shall backfire on you. Even if you only get positive answers, it's not actually that useful. Now, the other part of my answer is this. Having somebody's moon sign or moon placement be challenging doesn't mean that it's bad. If you have a relationship chart with somebody where there is a challenge that either means it's a healthy challenge that will help you be more in love, more vulnerable, more whole, or it's an unhealthy challenge that will keep you from those things, that will inhibit you from those things. And there's only one way to find out. It's show up with your best damn self. If you're looking to meet some stranger danger on the internet and have a romantic whirlwind and then get married in the next 15 minutes then you're living in a fantasy, right? And I'm not trying to shit on fantasies. We all have our fantasies. But the truth of the matter is when you meet stranger danger, no astrology app is going to save you from the fact that they're a stranger. Get to know them. Be authentic and honest about who you are. And be mindful about who this person reveals himself to be to you. And over the course of time, you can decide if you trust him. You can decide if the sex is good. You can decide if your heart skips a beat when you're around him but you can't figure those things out through astrology and certainly not through an astrology app in advance. So don't even try. Okay. My next question is a little bit more in the weeds astrologically. The questioner says, I'm curious about relocated charts versus natal charts. I'm currently living in Montreal, Quebec since July of 2003, but was born in Calgary, Alberta. Should I be studying both charts? How can I get my relocated chart? So First of all, a relocated chart is basically casting your chart for the city that you actually live in. I definitely don't think, unless you're an astrologer, that there's a reason to be studying your relocated chart. If you're an astrology fan or an astrology student, just focus on your birth chart because that is the central thing that is going to empower you to have a healthy and whole life. Point final on that one. But the thing about a relocated chart is that it can be really useful if you're trying to choose where to move to. You can relocate your chart for the difference between living in, let's say, you know, Montreal versus Vancouver versus New York or whatever, right? You can see the differences and the similarities and you can make choices if that's the kind of choice you're trying to make. And how you get a relocated chart is you hire an astrologer. Another listener asked a really exciting question to me, which is, What is your take on shadow work versus light work? Shadow work seems to be the more elusive of the two. This is less of a personal question, though I do wonder if my 12th house stellium inclines me towards the importance of shadow work. Yeah, for sure. If you've got (laughs) a stellium, a concentration of planets in the 12th house, you are going to be inclined towards shadow work. But here's the thing. Your question asks me shadow work versus light work. And I don't think that this is an either or a versus. Every kind of light casts shadow. And how do you have a shadow without light? Isn't the very nature of shadow an interaction with light or a response to light? I personally am interested in my work with shining light on dark places and staying present with and investigating you know, darker places. None of this is, is about either or. It's about the interaction between the two. It's understanding that the brighter your light, the deeper your shadow the more you're willing to be in the shadow, the greater wholeness you can achieve. It's not an either or. It's what are you called to do at this time? What is more graceful and organic to your nature? And what takes more effort? What is a little more challenging to you? Because it's not as organic to you doesn't mean that it's the wrong thing to do or it's bad. So my my friends, I say unto you, do it all, do it both. And if over the next five years, you just are feeling really resonant with shadow work, focus there. But if your whole life is spent in the shadows or your whole life is spent in the light, either extreme is going to come at a cost. And so what we want to ideally seek is some form of balance that is self-appropriate given your nature and your circumstances. The Navajo Nation and Hopi Reservation are extreme food deserts with only 13 grocery stores on Navajo to serve some 180,000 people and only 3 small grocery marts on Hopi to serve some 3,000 people. These communities also have high numbers of elderly, diabetic, asthmatic, and cancer-afflicted individuals, which makes them all high risk for COVID-19. You can make a difference by giving back. Visit Navajo NavajoHopiSolidarity.org to learn more about the grassroots indigenous-led nonprofit organization that is raising money for families struggling with COVID-19. Find the link to both the organization and the GoFundMe page in show notes. I have another really great question. I'm trying to conceive and it's going less great than my husband and I would have hoped it would. I was really hoping for an October baby, but since that has passed, I'm just hoping to get pregnant at all. I loved having an October birthday growing up and that's why I want an October baby. My question for you is, are there mother-child astrology combos that should be avoided or combos that make things more difficult? So this is a very layered question. When mom or dad or whatever your gender identity and and your title is, when you try to control who your child is going to be, or you project what works for you onto what you perceive to be the needs of your unconceived child or your unborn child, that's what's going to end up in your child's birth chart. (laughs) That right there. So just because having an October birthday was fantastic for you, doesn't mean it would be fantastic for someone else the other part of your question is, are there good mother-child astrology combos? So this is a really complicated question. I know you think that it's a simple question. And the reason why you think it's a simple question is because you're only focused on sun signs. This is the thing. We are so much more than our sun signs. So if you are just looking at sun sign astrology, then the answer would be yes. But if you're only looking at sun sign astrology, you cannot rely on the answer. The reality is you are going to have the child that you are meant to have. And that child will be a unique individual and they will have their own preferences and needs. And if you try to control that before they're even here, then that will be one of the things that they're here to work out in this lifetime with you or uh, against you, however it works, however it works. Right. So my advice to you is to not try to control who they are or how your relationship goes, but instead to try to be interested. When is this little soul trying to come through? Who's who's this baby going to be? That's an interesting, fascinating question. Not how can I make sure that the relationship goes well before they're even here? Not how can I make sure that they are a sign that I think I like. People think that they like a particular sign or that they hate a particular sign and they come into my office and they tell me that all the time. And usually when they're like, "Oh, I I hate Libra," it's because they have four planets in Libra in their chart. Usually when they're like, "Oh, I really love this particular sign," it's not necessarily the thing that is that is true for all relationships. Different kinds of relationships will thrive or falter under different kinds of conditions. So get out of your own way here, my dear stop trying to control how things go. Instead, really honor the process. The process is you and your partner. Sounds like you're in love. Sounds like you really want to invite a child into this world. Great. An invitation, let it be open. Let that invitation be open. Let that invitation be kind of in concert with whatever is meant to be. And don't worry so much about good combinations and bad combinations. It's just, it's not a good way to live. And it's not a great use of astrology. My next question says this. I'm a queer, non-binary woman, pronouns they, them, and I'm married to a cis woman. We have two kids. In both of my children's astrology, it says that the father figure in their lives will have great influence on them for better or worse. How can I read this understanding that they don't have a father? This is such an important question. Astrology doesn't say anything astrologers interpret astrology right and it's really important that that i acknowledge this it is conventional within astrology to say father and mother because it has been conventional in astrology to see things in a gender binary if you think about the role of parenting being broken down into two primary people being the parents The role of mother and the role of father, they're such nice kind of like binary roles. It's like the nurturer and then the provider, the rule bringer and the love bringer. These roles are so convenient. And in a lot of families, it works out like that. In most families, it doesn't. Most of the time, when I look at birth charts, I can have a sense of, okay, so you had one parent who is more like this and the other parent who is more like that. But I cannot have the sense of the gender of that parent unless I am projecting based on my assumptions about gender roles. The truth of the matter is one of you is holding space for what astrologers are often referring to as mom. And the other one is holding space for what the astrologers are often referring to as dad. If you're looking at a lot of conventional astrology texts, I would encourage you to think of mom and dad as jobs instead or like hats you wear instead of gender markers. This is a very important distinction. In terms of a father having great influence on them for better or worse, sure. I mean, that seems like a pretty safe assumption about all the parents. What I think you are really getting at here is that you want to make sure that you're providing well for your children and that your children are getting what they need. And so what you want to look at is not so much the title of mother and father But instead, what is it that is the job description as according to these texts, right? And like I said to the other question, you want to be careful when you're using astrology as an astrology fan or early stages astrology students. Otherwise, what you're going to do is you're going to find a million details. You're going to feel really overwhelmed and you're going to fixate on the things that bring you the most pain because that's what humans do. So my friend, be gentle with this. If you're deeply concerned, again, I would say consult with an astrologer who has what I would consider to be you know, in- inclusive and, and kind of wise views on uh, gender and on sexuality and on children. Finally, I have a question about cusps. The listener says, I was born on February 18th of 81. My entire life, from the insistence of my mom, I've always identified with being an Aquarius. As I've delved more into astrology, I've learned that technically I'm a Pisces. I want to know how I start to identify as a Pisces when I totally feel more in tune with Aquarius. It may be all my social conditioning, but in most horoscopes, Aquarius ends on the 18th. I want to know if you have tips for those cuspers. All right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. There's so many parts of this question that are important. In astrology, there's 30 degrees to each sign, right? So it's zero degrees to 29.59, 29 degrees, 59 minutes. That's how it works. So the reason why cusps are not a real thing, I'm sorry, guys. The reason why cusps are not a real thing is because you're either zero degrees of a sign or you're not. So in this case, you are zero degrees in 21 minutes of Pisces. You are for sure a Pisces. <laughs> sorry if that feels bad, but you're not just a Pisces. You're a full moon baby. You're a full moon baby of a sun-moon opposition. Your sun is in Pisces, but the focal planet to your T-square between your sun-moon opposition is Uranus, the, the ruling planet of Aquarius. You also have Mercury and Venus in Aquarius and you have Mercury in Aquarius sitting on top of your sun in Pisces. This is going to give you all these things a very Aquarian feel. It is that you are deeply Uranian and not that you're deeply Aquarian. And there is a meaningful difference. Now, that meaningful difference, if you're really just an astrology uh, horoscope reader, keep on reading your Pisces horoscope. Just keep on reading your Pisces horoscope. If you want to do deep healing work, then start investigating Aquarius's ruling planet, Uranus, because Uranus unlocks the door to understanding the answer to your questions. Okay, that's really where you're gonna find the answer. And this is where astrology is a lot more complicated than Sun Sign Horoscopes. If you are really passionate about using astrology as a tool for self-understanding, get ye a book. Get off the internet and get ye a book. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here. We're still here.